Imagine a business built on what matters most to you. One inspired by creativity and connection, where purpose leads to profit and wealth is measured not just by your bottom line, but by your higher self. Welcome to the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast, where we connect the spiritual with the practical to create a holistic approach to entrepreneurship. Leave the hustle behind and let your intuition lead the way as you grow a successful, fulfilling business and a joyful, radiant life. Hello, my wise ones. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Your Inner Wisdom podcast. I'm your host, Lee Shea McDonough, and I am recording this intro literally minutes after I conducted the interview with this week's guest, and I am still smiling from ear to ear. I think you are going to adore this interview. And as you're going to find out, this interview did not go as we planned. We had been corresponding with each other prior to recording, just kind of going over some basic questions, things we wanted to address. But the minute we got into recording and holding this conversation, it went where it wanted to go and it was extraordinary. And for me, this was really an example of this idea of co-creation. And I know I've talked about this in an earlier podcast episode, uh, content creation as spiritual connection, where we can plan and we can prepare, but we also need to leave room for something new to come forth. And that is exactly what happened in this interview. So I cannot wait to share it with you. And I am so honored to introduce you to Zandra Robinson Burns. She is an essayist and the founder of Heroin Training. And she writes about being the protagonist of her own story and finding storybook magic in everyday life. Her membership program, Everyday Wonderland, helps readers discover magic where they already are, away from screens. She also hosts The Art Life, a weekly podcast and emerging philosophy on what it means to be an artist in the modern age. As a TEDx speaker and Oxford graduate, her work has been featured in The Guardian and The San Francisco Chronicle. I know you're going to love this conversation as much as we did. And so please welcome Zandra Robinson Burns. Hi, Zandra. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you on today. Hi, I've been looking forward to this all day. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, let's get right into it then. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your business and the work that you do for the world? Well, hi, I'm Zandra Robinson Burns. I'm a writer and the founder of Heroin Training, which is where I publish my writing, which is primarily essays about being the protagonist of my own life. And these essays are articulations of what I've learned most recently, what I'm most excited about, and it's centered around stories in my own life. I love that. And that's why I was so excited to bring you on the show, because I think in many ways, you and I probably approach the world and the work that we do in similar ways. I, I view as a coach that I am helping my clients become the heroes or heroines in their life. And that's what you do too. I do it through coaching and you do it through writing. And so I suspect there's probably a lot of overlap in, in how we work with people and how we work with the world. Oh, yes. As I listen to your podcast, I'm just agreeing with so much in terms of worldview. And I'm always excited to talk to people who share the viewpoint and let that let that belief come out in different ways. So writing for me, coaching for you. 
Exactly. And I would love to know more about your development as a writer and as an artist. So what, what did that look like for you? I have been writing all of my life, pretty much. As a child, I, I knew that I wanted to be a writer. At the time, I thought it was, um, I wanted to write children's books. And I started my first formal official blog in 2012 in my final year at university as my personal project on top of my exams to, to have something for myself. And I just made this editorial calendar to myself and, and published every day and used this as an exercise for figuring out what I want to do and what I want to say in the world. And when it came to the point that I knew that this is actually what I want to do with all of my time, I started to think about how to shift into being an entrepreneur and how to make my living writing. And in doing so, what I wrote changed and how I spent my time as an artist changed. And only recently have I really circled back to the roots of what drew me to publishing for fun in the first place. I've really been challenging myself to define what I write about on my own terms. So something that helped me recently was shifting from calling myself a blogger to an author to now an essayist, because what I most love to write are personal essays. And I don't really care to be called an author because the the book medium doesn't necessarily do anything extra for me. But I just, I love writing essays. I always have. And that has helped me be more grounded in, in, in how I spend my time and what I'm making. Mm-hmm. There's, oh my gosh, there's so much I want to dig into in what you <laughs> just said. But I think the last point you made about stepping into your identity as an essayist is so important. And I think you've illustrated the power of language and that mm. it, do- it does matter how we refer to ourselves and how we show up in the world is linked to the words that we use. And I get the sense that the minute you claimed essayist, that it just allowed you to really step into your strength and, and to really take ownership of how you show up in the world. Absolutely. And it was, it was really funny, Lee, because I thought about this because I was at a conference where a lot of people were talking about imposter syndrome. And I, I thought, in the way that they were describing it, I realized, actually, I don't have that. <laughs> and I was thinking that my discomfort with calling myself an author was imposter syndrome, but actually it was just, it wasn't the right word. And then the funny thing about landing on essayist was that one of my favorite essayists that I look up to is Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm-hmm. And I, I reread his essay, Self-Reliance, upon this new self-discovery. And in that essay, he makes the point that it's really important as individuals to not get too bogged down by what he calls screens, these titles of affiliating with a certain group. And I just found that so hilarious that I was like, I'm going to be an essayist just like my <laughs> my hero, Ralph. And, uh, and he was like, actually, don't do that. <laughs> Well, and then I think, I think that's really interesting too, because it serves us until it doesn't, 
right? Mm-hmm. If, if calling yourself an essayist is what allowed you to really step into this new way of relating to yourself and the world around you, then excellent. But then the minute it starts to limit you, then maybe that is the time to take Ralph's advice and say, no, <laughs> don't yeah, limit yourself to the trappings of language. Yeah, we're, I like to think we're on first, first name terms, Ralph and I, but uh, <laughs> I, the word that I've been playing with most recently is artist. I have a new show called The Art Life with my friend Grace Gordon, and we were both self-identified as artists now, and I find it to be quite an open term in, in that it doesn't box me into writing and to just one type of writing, but I like to define artist as a creative person that, that sees art everywhere in every aspect of their life, and it's not defined by... Um, by whatever little details you you might think that being an artist has to be defined by. I so appreciate how expansive that definition is and how inclusive it is, that it makes room for everyone and that art can really be whatever it is we want it to be, provided that it's a means of expression. And I, mm-hmm. I, I so appreciate that. And I know that you use the word art in your work as well. I do. I view, I view coaching as an art. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I I really appreciate that. And it's funny because growing up, I did a lot of theater. And so I really had kind of a narrow view about what art was. And sometimes I wasn't even sure if theater counted as art because it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, paintings or sculpture or drawings or so forth. And I think as I have grown, my definition of art has become more generous as well. And for me, art is about self-expression and connection. And Mm -hmm. so coaching is one way to achieve that, writing another, theater another, and then maybe traditional art forms yet another. I mean, it's limitless, really, if we allow it to be. I was a theater, I was a theater kid as well. Yeah. And that's what I like (laughs) to It's just this vibe. Well, I've been allowing myself to incorporate more performance back into my work as well. Um, where I've, I performed at my first open mic a month ago and I'm looking forward to doing more where I can, I can bring my words to life in, in different ways than, than I could if I were just an essayist. Yes, but as you're not just an essayist, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph would say that too, right? You're so much more than that. Yes, thank um, you. You know, one of the things that stood out to me when you were initially sharing with us the work that you do was how you had an editorial calendar or that you followed at mm. the beginning. And I thought, okay, this is so interesting. I want to ask her about this because clearly there was a way that you were able to bring some structure into your art. And I'm, I'm wondering how that served you and if that's something that you continue to do today. Thank you for asking because you have touched upon something that is so, so much a part of me. I love structure. Mm-hmm. I am a planner at heart. I love drawing out little charts and I have a promise to myself that I set the rules. So I publish once a week, but it used to be that I would set up my calendar for the month and say, 
these are the four topics I'm going to, I'm going to write about this month. And I've learned that actually, uh, it took me about a, a, a couple of years of realizing that I always changed my mind and that when I let myself change my mind, I was more, what it meant was I was more in tune with the present moment, what I was experiencing in real time and therefore writing about something that was, that I was more connected to. So I've learned how to have that structure of knowing this is when I'm going to publish. This is how much time I need to let the ideas work themselves out. This is the time I need to edit things. But in terms of what I'm going to write about, I've, I let myself be more spontaneous and it took a lot of courage to do that at first. But now I know that that's, that's how I work. Well, and I want to thank you for sharing that because I almost feel like you've given me permission to have a similar process because I am just like you. I am a girl who loves some structure and order and routine and I like protocols and to-do lists and I, I feel much more confident when I have a plan. And so I'm definitely a planner, not a pantser when it comes to <laughs> writing and, and content creation. But I also find that if I'm not careful, it can feel formulaic or, mm. or prescribed. And I, I remember I created this beautiful content calendar for the entire year. Uh, and it was January is going to be this theme and February is going yeah. to be this theme. And it felt so artificial when I actually started to create content. And just like you said, it was because I wasn't responding to my current state and to the needs of my audience in the moment. I was trying to force them into this box that I had already determined was going to be that month's theme. And a lot mm -hmm. of times now it means waiting until a day or two before I'm set to release something to figure out, okay, what do I want to write about? Or what do I want this podcast episode to be about? And I think what you just described is a way to create structure, but also to make room for the magic and to be responsive to the moment. Oh, I love so much of that. Make room for the magic. <laughs> the thing is, we're good. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, con but I love that you said make room for it because we've been taught all our lives that doing things at the last minute is irresponsible. Mm -hmm. When what we're doing is allowing, is welcoming in spaciousness in a different way. Yes. And it becomes an invitation then. It's not procrastination. Yeah. It's not, oh, I'm no. waiting until the last minute. It's, it's really responding to the present moment. And my background being in mindfulness, that really resonates with me because it's like I'm showing up in the present moment as my authentic self and I'm allowing that to inform my creative process. I feel like we're doing it right now. I think we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah for the record, this is not what we planned on talking about. This and yet is in action. It is so exactly what we're supposed to be talking about, which is, mm. oh, I love this. This is that co-creation process that, um, that I just, oh, it lights me up. <laughs> um, so you also talked about how you changed and evolved and your writing changed and evolved when you started also viewing your work through the lens of being an entrepreneur. And I'd love mm -hmm. to know more about what that looked like for you and, and where you see the overlap in approaching your work as an artist and an essayist and approaching your work as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it... It has really come full circle. So my website started out as being called Fashionably Light, 
I was a minimalist writer about my experience as being a minimalist, but feminine and colorful and in a tutu, which were examples that I wasn't seeing online. Um, this was several years ago. And it's crazy to me now how Marie Kondo is a household name and minimalism is a lot more popular. But I was basically filling the void of writing about what I wanted to be reading about and basing it in my own experience. And then when I decided to monetize, I did what I saw all of the minimalist writers online doing. And I wrote an ebook about how to be a minimalist. And the the writing of the how-to came very quickly. And I wrote this book in about a day. But something was missing. And I realized, I kept asking myself, what is the point of downsizing? What is the point of decluttering? And I realized that the answer was to be my own heroine. When you're left with, with nothing but yourself, you're your own heroine. And so that got me thinking in a different direction. And the, the more that I fell into the how-tos and using the the formats that I saw all of the other online writers, bloggers doing of like publishing eBooks, publishing eight-week courses, I sort of fit my ideas of what I wanted to say into that format. And then I realized that I don't have to. And what I, where I'm the most effective as a communicator and as a leader is when I tell stories from my own experience. So I've really come back around to, to storytelling in that way. I so appreciate that journey and probably not surprising at this point. Like I really identify with it. In many ways, I feel like we're living parallel lives here <laughs> because as I've, I've mentioned on earlier podcast episodes, when I started my coaching practice, uh, I felt very called to it. I knew it was what I was meant to do, but then I started looking around at how everyone else was operating and what other mm -hmm. successful coaches were doing. And I started to try to shift my ways to follow that and a year in, I realized I was absent in my business and it felt hollow and I, I didn't feel like I was showing up as myself and it, I had to recalibrate and I had to come back to that big why. Why mm. am I doing this? And so when you talk about getting to the heart of why minimalism is important and that leading into becoming your own heroine, that reminds me very much of my own journey and asking myself, why am I doing this? Why am I coaching? And it really ha came back to this idea of, the transformation. And mm -hmm. yes, I can provide how to's and content and all of that stuff. But the heart of it is the transformation that occurs. And so as you're talking, I'm just, I'm seeing yet again, how your work and my work parallel each other and how we're really serving the world in different ways, but with a common aim. I think this is I don't know. It, I, it seems like this is a pretty common experience for entrepreneurs like us to, to, to figure things out and feel out what our own way is. So even when I was certain of what I wanted to teach, I was still formatting it in the way that I had only seen other people format things because I was less confident as, as a teacher, as I was as an artist, as a writer. And so what I've now been doing for the past year in 
in the program that I do run in Everyday Wonderland is I'm not only teaching what I want to, what I want to say, but also in a way that I have invented where I realized that I believe that personal development doesn't have to be so complicated and it doesn't have to be in an eight-week course like I used to run. It can take one minute a week to change your mindset. And so that's my that's my guarantee now with the work that I do. I, I think you're exactly right. And and as you were talking, I was thinking, yes, this is what many of us have to do. We have to go through that dark night of the soul where mm. we are trying to fit ourselves into what other people do in order for us to experience that discomfort and that disconnection. And that's what brings us back to ourselves. And, and I think this is, I, I was also thinking like, this is, this is archetypal. You know, when we look at Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey, or in your case, the heroine's journey, we go through these trials and tribulations and we come through the other side with deeper wisdom and deeper knowing. And that then informs how we show up in the world and the work that we do. So I think, I think you and I are in a long line of, 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 of other creatives who have experienced this as well. Don't mind us just living our heroines journeys. <laughs> We're just on the path. Yes, yes. And I want to invite the audience to, to do the same because this might be the start of their hero or heroine's journey as well. Uh, and I know for me, part of that journey has been making room for my intuition and honing my intuition and allowing it to have a seat at the table in my decision-making process and in how I move forward in my life. And I'm curious to know how your intuition has served you in your process as well. I think I've always been an intuitive person and something that I'm especially something that I've always felt especially strongly about, even as a kid is to cherish the things that I enjoy for fun as valuable to truly believe in the fictional worlds that I inhabit to feel like the character, to let myself feel like the characters are my friends that I can learn from them too. And I can, I, I shouldn't feel guilty about that. So something that is part of my process is, is really paying attention to what excites me, whether it's a, a book or a TV show, or lately I've been watching a lot of high school movies and just like letting my curiosity enjoy what it feels like doing and knowing that that there will be some value. So there'll be some point to that eventually. And that's yet another example of trusting the process and showing up in the moment and mm -hmm. going all in. And I, I love that you talk about that in terms of creating space for joy and allowing mm -hmm. joy to be part of that as well. Can you speak more about, about joy and, and what that what that looks like in your work and, and in your life? Something that I do on a weekly basis in my planner is I have, I write uh, seven little heart bullet points for my obsessions diary. And by the end of the week, I challenge myself to find seven things that I'm not just excited about, not just happy about, not grateful for, but I am top level enthusiasm obsessed with. And it could be a new song that I'm playing on repeat. It could be a 
oh, one this week is like the leaves have just fallen and I'm just, I enjoy crunching on the leaves with my, my Converse sneakers. It's anything little to something as big as a new Taylor Swift album. I have to fill in those hearts and that's like just as much a part of my work as all of the appointments on my calendar. Oh, I love that. It's almost like you've taken this concept of a gratitude journal and like injected it with <laughs> such vibrancy because what comes through is this idea that it's not just about the things I like or the things I'm grateful for. There is a desire that, you know, that word obsession, it just, it feels so intense. And I also get the sense too, that it's very sensual in, you know, it's, it's coming back to the senses and how it feels to experience these things, how it feels to have the leaves crunching under your converse or to listen to that <laughs> new album, you know? And, and so, and I think when we're able to connect to the world and to our experiences through our senses and to be mindful of that, it just enhances our experience and it, brings us into this greater sense of connection and alignment. In many ways, you know, I think it's, it's fun to talk about an obsessions journal, but it goes way deeper than that. And I can mm. sense that that could be an amazing tool for connection and self-discovery as well. I love that layer that you added to it of how sensual it is because it's true. I mean, sometimes I'm obsessed with an idea, but usually it is something that makes me more in tune with my body and how I'm experiencing the world from, from all angles. Oh my gosh. I, I'm going to be quite <laughs> honest. Yeah. This has been such a fantastic conversation. And I think it really is evidence of what we were talking about before that you can plan and you can prepare and you can have everything ready to go. And then you have to show up and see what the moment brings. And that's exactly what our conversation today has done. I've, I've so enjoyed, um, where we've, where we've taken it. And, and I can't wait to see where we take it next with the make it work moment. So the Make It Work Moment is brought to you by Coach with Clarity, which is my membership site for intuitive coaches who are ready to make an impact in the world and create transformational change in their lives and in the lives of their clients. So through the membership, you get access to monthly hot seat coaching calls, monthly Q&As, monthly co-working sessions, and guest expert trainings. There's also the strength of the Coach with Clarity community that you can tap into through our private Facebook group and also through our partner match program. So if you're looking for an accountability partner or someone to do peer coaching with, that's going to be for you. There's so much more that comes with the membership. And I invite any intuitive heart-centered coach who is ready to up-level their craft of coaching while building their business check out Coach with Clarity. I think you're going to love it. Head over to coachwithclarity.com to learn more. So longtime listeners know that when it comes to the make it work moment, whenever I have a guest, I love for the guest to share that make it work moment. And so Zandra, I am so excited to hear what you have in store for us. Well, I think I think we have to encourage everyone to start their own obsessions diary, don't you? <laughs> I think so. I think so. So what would that look like? It would look like, well, the way that I do it is I, I write down seven hearts first and that warms up my brain. And then I fill it in 
over the course of a week. But if you haven't been doing this regularly, then some might just, some ideas might just fly to mind immediately. And I would really love to hear what people come up with they would like to share as well. I love that. And so it can be something that you do weekly and over the course of the week, you can fill in those seven hearts. Maybe it's something you do at the beginning of your day or the end of your day. I love that there's a flexibility in this, but this is great because within the work your inner wisdom Facebook community every week, I have a discussion thread for the show. And so this week I want people to come in and share your examples of your obsessions journals. Like tell us how it's serving you, what you're obsessed with and pay really close attention to the senses and, and how your senses are playing into these things that are just bringing you such great joy. How does that sound, Sandra? Um, that sounds amazing. I will add that a couple of the a couple of the outcomes of this is that, first of all, we're all looking for, we're, we're all really seeking joy. And the truth is we experience it on a regular basis and are often not, often don't, uh, often limit what we experience and don't let ourselves get excited about something because it, it might seem silly. Like as we're recording, I'm noticing I have a little toy story keychain on, uh, on my, on my cork board. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just, I was so excited when toy story four came out. Mm -hmm. It can be something really silly. And then in admitting it, and this is what I am so excited to read people's comments You'll be surprised by, by the number of people who chime in and say, I love that band too. I love pumpkin spice too. And just mm -hmm. that camaraderie and that, uh, that applause that we share together for something is, is so powerful. And it's just, it, it, it makes me so excited and energized. Me too. Me too. I think when this can become a vehicle for both self-expression, but also for connection with others, then yeah. wow, we've done our jobs. <laughs> And that's that's what you said art is to you. Art is connection. So that's perfect. It comes full circle. Oh my gosh, this has been an extraordinary conversation. And I know for a fact that the audience is going to want to get to know you better and to follow you. So where can they find you? My clubhouse where I publish everything is heroin training, herointraining.com. That's where you can find my essays, my writing, you can subscribe to receive my weekly writing in your inbox if you prefer. I also publish my writing on Instagram um, at Heroin Training. And I've talked a bit about the art process and defining myself as an artist. And that's something that I talk about on the Art Life podcast as well, which is available where podcasts are found. Excellent. And we will make sure that we have links to all of those in the show notes. And again, Zandra, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This has just been such a delight. Me too. This was, thank you so much for having me. It's been such an intentional and exciting conversation and I'm, I'm all powered up for the rest of my day. Me too. I feel the <laughs> same way. And I know that our audience will be as well. So thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you. Again, many thanks to Zandra Robinson Burns for coming on the show and for sharing her wisdom and her process with us. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. 
And I think for me, the takeaway comes back to this idea of transformation being a process. And while sometimes that process is uncomfortable, maybe we go through periods of time where we feel lost or we feel like we are trying to do things the way everyone else is doing them, and yet we're seemingly unsuccessful, that is a part of our journey, and that can inform who we are. And in fact, when we allow it to inform who we are, that's when we tap into our greatness, and that's when we have such potential to positively affect everyone around us, our clients, our family, our friends, and certainly ourselves as well. And truthfully, that's one of the reasons I created the Coach with Clarity membership. I view becoming a powerful coach as a process, as a journey. And in fact, it's when we go through our own transformation that we are then able to guide others through their own. And so to be a powerful transformational coach, it means going through your own powerful transformation. And that is part of what the Coach with Clarity membership offers. And you can do that through certainly up-leveling your skills as a coach, but also by getting even more deeply connected with who you are, what makes you unique, and how you can use your gifts to serve the world through your coaching. And so if you are ready to do that, if you are ready for transformational change in your own life and in your coaching business, And if you want to do that in a supportive community of other intuitive entrepreneurs who are engaged in their own transformation as well, then please join us over at Coach with Clarity. I would love to welcome you into the membership. You can find out more at coachwithclarity.com. And if you have any questions, just send an email to info at coachwithclarity.com and either myself or a member of my team will get back to you as soon as possible. I would love to see you in Coach with Clarity. For more information about Zandra and how to connect with her and her programs, head over to the show notes, workyourinnerwisdom.com slash 27. There you'll find everything you need to learn more about the show, about Zandra, and to take the next steps in your business. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the Work Your Inner Wisdom community. You can click on the community tab, or you can go to workyourinnerwisdom.com slash community and request to join our private Facebook group. And if I could ask you a favor, if you know someone that you think would really enjoy today's podcast episode, could I ask you to share it with them? You can send them a link to the show notes, or you can show them how to listen and subscribe on their smartphones or wherever they listen to their podcasts. But that's really the best way to grow the community of intuitive entrepreneurs that makes up Work Your Inner Wisdom. So thank you in advance for sharing this episode with a friend or colleague that you know would appreciate it. It's always such an honor to record every episode for you, my wise ones. And I look forward to next week where we can reconnect and dive even deeper into your intuitively oriented business. Until next time, my name is Lee Shea McDonough, and I'm reminding you to let your inner wisdom lead the way. 